0: From Atlanta, Georgia, welcome to Fearfully and Wonderfully Me, a podcast for women on leadership and life skills with Rhea Storey. Rhea shares powerful life and leadership principles, helping you maximize your potential and become the woman God created you to be. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode, which is the third of a series of episodes based on my um, uh, new book, Achieve. Maximize your potential with seven keys to unlock success and significance. And today's episode is on humility. Now, this is one of the things that... Humility is one of the things that often stand in the way of us reaching our potential. Because... Humility is often the difference between confidence and arrogance. And you know, when when we see someone who is confident, who has confidence, um, we're inspired by that person. We're influenced by that person. But when we see someone or meet someone that has arrogance, we resent that person. And so, humility can be the the fine line between respect and resentment when it comes to leadership and influence. So I think it's important to talk about. Now, there really, I like to break humility down in four parts. The first part is number one, realizing that you're not any better than anyone else. We're all created um, perfectly imperfect, and and we're not better than anyone else certainly. And number two, realizing that you're not perfect or mistake proof, and everyone everyone already knows it. Now, the first part I I kind of already touched on that, you know, humility is that fine line between confidence and arrogance. Confidence maximizes your potential. Arrogance destroys it because our confidence reveals our character and arrogance reveals insecurity. Now, confidence is knowing that you can do something, but arrogance is boasting about your abilities. Arrogance is having kind of too much pride. And the first step really in overcoming that is, is just acknowledging it and, uh, and, and working to intentionally embrace humility as a bigger value in your life. It's not that you don't recognize your self-worth, but, but you don't focus on it. The problem isn't thinking that I have done really a good job, but rather thinking what a great person I am to have done it. And so that's the way I like to think about that first part of humility. It's important to understand That from our perspective the world appears to revolve around us, but from the perspective of everyone else it doesn't And so really the first part of of humility is learning to, to focus on other people and not just ourselves sometimes Now the second part of humility that I talked about is realizing that you're not mistake proof or not perfect And the third part is not taking yourself too seriously and the fourth part is being willing to serve others and you know, that second and third part almost go together sometimes. Number one, realizing that we aren't perfect, we are going to make mistakes, and everyone around us already knows it, and not taking ourselves too seriously, because there again, that reveals a confidence in ourselves, in our values, and it also gives us the security to try something and make a mistake, and the failure... Or the mistake doesn't define us. It means that we have the confidence to try something even if we do fail. And sometimes we will fail because failure is part of learning. Having that kind of humility allows us to be teachable. We're open to being taught. And it means we don't take ourselves too seriously. You know, life expands when we realize that perfection isn't attainable and we are going to make mistakes. And when we realize this, it gives us permission to try and fail and try again because we can embrace the concept of trying something, making a mistake, and learning from it. It's a critical part of of our success and maximizing potential in life. You've got to be willing to try something new or stretch outside your comfort zone and reach for something that's outside your grasp, maybe. But how would you know if you never try? Just think how it would be if we never tried anything new how ridiculous would it be if we had been afraid of making mistakes when we learned to walk or talk you know just don't be afraid to make mistakes don't be afraid to try as uh, GK Chesterton said how much larger would your life be if you become smaller in it because we become teachable we open up the door to possibilities now I know that, that that's a difficult thing and uh I've got a story to share with you on that. You know, I think about this as as if we don't have that particular part of humility or that particular part of confidence, we are terrified to fail, because failing means putting ourselves out there, trying something, and then not, you know coming short of the goal means that we put ourselves out there and we didn't make it. And there's that fear in us that says, I'm not good enough, or you know, I'm not enough um, whatever you want to fill in the blank there. So, you know, last, uh, last weekend I ran a marathon and this was, I think it was number seven for me. I've done quite a few marathons. I really appreciate, um, number one, setting a big goal for myself and working hard to accomplish it. But coming in at four hours in a marathon was a feat that I've tried several times and I've always come up short. I think I, I've tried three or four times to come under or at that four-hour mark in a full marathon. Uh, a marathon is 26 miles, so it's a pretty big goal. Number one, just to finish. You know, I'm always grateful just for the health and the strength to to finish that kind of distance. But I, every year, I want to challenge myself to get a little better, and so I've had the goal of of finishing at four hours for a long time. And this past Saturday was my most recent attempt. And I'd really, I'd put the work in to train and I, I'd done everything, you know, eating right. And, and I knew that I had a really good shot. But somewhere around the second and third hour of running, I, I felt that fear of being terrified to fail. Because I'm running and I'm thinking, oh, I actually could make it. I've got I've got it's possible. The weather was good. I was feeling good, running well. And so I knew that it was a possibility that I might actually achieve that goal. And then that fear popped up, that little voice inside that says, Well, what if you try and you can't make it? And then there was that temptation almost immediately to say, Well, well, what excuses can I find for not trying? this time, because what if I try my hardest, my best, and I come up short yet again, and I had to push that fear, that insecurity down and say, you know what, I'm not going to be terrified to fail, I'm going to try, I'm going to give it my best, I'm going to try, I'm not going to take any excuses that I could create in myself and not put myself out there for this goal, I've worked too hard for it. But, you know, I think a lot of times we feel that temptation that says, I'm a, I'm afraid to try something and give it my best because what if my best isn't good enough? And having the right balance of humility means we know that sometimes we are going to make mistakes or we are going to give our best and we're going to come up short of a goal. But that's okay because that's how we learn to get stronger and better the next time. And it's a huge part of humility is having that confidence to say, I'm not too wrapped up in myself or I don't take myself so seriously that I have to be perfect because none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And you know, the last part of humility there being willing to to serve others. I don't need to, that. That needs a whole lot of explaining. You know, we've heard it called servant leadership or, um, impactful leadership. Mac loves to call it high-impact leadership. You know, but it's being willing to, to go the second mile for someone. I love to say that, that going the second mile isn't second rate. It's first class. And most of us already know when we put others first, we get far more than they do. But we have to be willing to to be humble enough to put somebody else first. Douglas Lawson said, we exist temporarily through what we take, but we live forever through what we give. You know, some people struggle with the concept of being selfless in their ability or their willingness to serve others because they expect other people around them to serve them. And serving others isn't about being a servant. It's simply about having that perspective of helping others. It's about serving others while leading and influencing them. Because when we reach out, when we help somebody, when we serve somebody, we're increasing our influence with others. A humble person realizes that they should be open to interacting personally with others. As Rick Warren said, you can impress people from a distance, but you have to get close to influence them. And being humble is just as much about being reachable and approachable as it is being willing to learn or willing to try and make a mistake. Um, You know, we've got to be open to people in, in order to be able to build relationships with them. And we've got to have the confidence in our character to say, you know, doing something for someone else doesn't mean that I'm less than them or that I'm not as good as them, but it means that I'm willing to reach out and do something for someone else. And that increases our our influence every single time. William Ward said, uh, we must be silent before we can listen. We must listen before we can learn. We must learn before we can prepare and we must prepare before we can serve. We must serve before we can lead. And I really love that because it talks about having a heart to help others and a heart to serve is one of the foundational concepts of being able to influence someone. Because when I do something for someone else, I'm building a deposit into that emotional bank account. I think I've talked about that before, where That interaction increases my positive influence with that person, and that allows me to have more influence. Until next time. Start increasing your influence and maximizing your potential with Rhea's audiobooks, available at audible.com, amazon.com, and iBooks. Please visit RiaStory.com to learn about Ria's books, resources, speaking, and training programs. Thanks for Thanks for listening.